In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Those who have family abroad, I'm sure you experience the joy of traveling and visiting them. Just like I recall my parents waiting for me and my family to arrive at the airport, waking up early in the morning to go to be there, to wait for us to make sure that the plane doesn't arrive and they're not there. And that great um, encounter, uh, many times with tears, and with great expectation, I tell you what I was expecting, to get home to my mother's place and eat her good food. That was very intense, and at some point in time, things have changed because they were not there anymore. This is how we come to church today, to see our family, as the children of God. With great expectation, because of the promise he made to us. A promise that he would not <coughs> he knew he will not break. As the service began this morning and I faced the cross here outside, I thought to myself, Lord Father, thank you for giving us this day. To see you again in glory here on earth to thank you, to give glory to you, to worship you, and to thank you that you've been with us all along. And it is ironic that the Orthodox Church around the world today celebrates All Sunday's Church, All Sunday, the Sunday of All Saints. It is the Sunday that is a reflection of what mankind can do, can give, can deliver at its best when paired up with the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday we celebrated Holy Pentecost, as many as we could. Many not knowing why we need the Pentecost. But today, at the end of a long period that started with Forgiveness Sunday, months ago, when we embraced ourselves without masks and we exchanged a kiss and we asked forgiveness and we did share the, shed the tears after the long journey of the great and holy land of repenting and trying to change in the holy week and the passion of the Lord and His resurrection turning towards the great works of salvation that the Lord God did for us for the last 50 days plus, we have been given the opportunity to see the results of this work and receive the crown of it through the, the giving, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Today, the church in which we are gathered has very few saints as we know them around us. As we know them from the icons, I mean. And this is the irony that I wanted to point out, that on Old Saints Church you can turn left and right and see no Byzantine iconography around you. But do not be discouraged. 
just look forward. Look towards the cross. And you always see here Christ at His first coming. And Christ at the second coming when He will judge us all. We'll have to give account. And there's an icon there of all saints. And that's enough for us. Because Christ around Him pulls them all. You see in that mandorla. There are all the saints there. But perhaps we dream and we think that maybe the time will come for us to have the saints look at us from all the walls in the church. But what's important about our saints today, brothers and sisters, is that the church is giving us the teaching that although we celebrate some in the calendar every day, two or three, know that there are more than this in the books of the church. They are not separated by dates and time of their, uh, where they lived. They are all together united in Christ. They are united as a family, just like in that icon right there. And we celebrate them today all together to remind us that not only those with bigger names, such as St. John the Baptist and the Virgin Mary, or St. Nectarios, or St. Porfirios are important to God. And that there are many more whose names are not written in the books of the tradition of our church. The church remembers them today all from the beginning of times to our day. It remembers those from the times of the Old Testament. We have a prophet specifically commemorated today, Elisha. And he remembers those after Christ. The forerunner John, the protector of our community. The disciples of Christ who became apostles. Those who are teachers. Those who are hierarchs of the Holy Church. Those who served as chanting. Those who are righteous in recluse places. Today we celebrate people of all skin colors, from all countries, men and women, kings and farmers, gardeners and actors. In Christ, the way they chose to do this, they are one. But above all, the church in her beautiful services that we heard last night and this morning, <clears throat> some of us, points to the martyrs of the church. They are the ones who shed the blood for their faith. The church is built on the blood of the martyrs, as you know. And these are the ones who lived at times just like ours, treacherous, dangerous, and aggressive. And we remember them all for a very good reason. Because we are called to be like them, holy, set aside. And if you wake up in the morning with a different purpose for you that day, you are mistaken. And parents, we have such a great challenge to model and teach our lifestyle, the way we live our faith, that sanctity, holiness are the purpose of life in Christ. 
And those who are saved are set aside, are holy. In the epistle reading today from the book of Hebrews, the author gives a long list of those who have suffered greatly for a promise. You know what the promise was back then? Eternal life. What kind of suffering? Tortured, in wars, thrown in the mouth of the lions, under the edge of the sword, mocking, scourging, chains, cut by the saw, with a saw, and so on. They run away from the world, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, and the world didn't know of them, of their worth. And what St. Paul tells them here, tells his Hebrew people, is that their ancestors had done this by faith, which is fantastic. But despite that, they did not receive that promise. Just like me going home to visit with my parents, faithful that my mother will feed me the best dish that I loved. They did not receive the promise. What was the promise? Eternal life. Because God had another plan, brothers and sisters. That that promise would be received by them with us. With us. That's with you, Jacob. And with Paul. Kusam. They'll be together, united, you see. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Perfection is in Christ, being like Christ, God-like, to grow in His likeness. So He put them on hold, such that we too come on board and be united. With whom? Right there. Jacob, Abraham, the thief on the cross, the Virgin Mary, St. John the Baptist. You see them, the cloud of witness right there. He's the perfecter and in Him we stand this chance of being one to be united. For us this is salvation. To be with them. With the saints. But how can we be with the saints if we are not saints or holy? Is that possible? We're called to be saints. We have to strive for this. No matter how hard the times are. And no matter how many months we are to be away from one another. And the Lord tells us in these three passages from the Gospel of St. Matthew. He gives us directions on how to grow to be saints. Children, the older ones, you know this. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father. And the one who denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. If you go to school, and you are invited to watch things that are filthy, inappropriate, you turn your face from Christ, who should, who should be in your face at all times, in front of you, to the enemy, and you deny Him. It is that serious. One, one look. One look. Adults, see what you watch on your cell phones and your computers. And how easy it is to deny Christ what's beautiful, what's holy, 
in the favor of what the enemy feeds us day and night. But back to my parents and yours. We have here from the Lord Himself something very difficult. He says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Doesn't mean that we should not obey the commandments and love our parents and then receive that promise that follows this statement of the commandment. That children, we should not love our parents or parents, we should not love our children. Not at all. What he's saying here is that we should love them the right way. Not with the love of buying candy. Do you remember this, those who grew up in other countries than here? I remember older people when I was a kid like this, going to them so they would be nice to me. They're offering me candy. Every now and then a small you know, bill or some cash. You know, take to go buy some candy. Boy, you're a good boy. And I always like to go to this aunt or whatever, uncle, because they were giving me these things. This is no kind of love that he's talking about here. The love that is true, genuine, and salvific is the love that comes from God. And we can only give it to our children and our parents when we place God above them. Yes. In terms of what we do, how we behave, how we invest, time, and so on. So the Lord here is placing a rank of priorities. Put God first in your life. And then the family. Simply looking at time. How we spend the time with the family. How much time. And with God. How much money we spend for the family. And how much for serving God. And how much of our beautiful talents. To give to our family and to God. Note here that we have to be wise. And find God in those whom we serve. Either children or parents. But always put that priority in our life above the rest. And we find here in those whom we remember today, the many saints, the ones who have lived this. The martyrs are the ones who acknowledge God before men to death. And the ones who left their families, um, follows next here, and the ones who placed their priorities properly in their life. What the promise is for those who follow these, follow the Lord Himself, as He says here, everyone who has left the houses, the brothers, the sisters, fathers and mothers, for His namesake is to inherit eternal life. It's the very promise that those who were cut in two under the sword, sawn in half and everything else, were promised and they did not see. This is how we're going to make it there. Allow me to close with a few words about loving. Because it's very easy to say, especially in this country, I love you, bye. Don't we say this when we leave home? I love you, bye. We look at the, we turn to a saint of our church, a recent saint, Elder Porfirios, whose book we have read half through Lent, Wounded by Love. And this last chapter that we talked, we discussed here, is called... The divine eros, the love of God, God, God loving us like the bridegroom loves the bride. We are the bride. And the elder saint now, 
tells us how he he interpreted this. He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. How he loved God more to be worthy of God. And boy, wasn't he. He considered himself, considered himself the filth and the last sinful person in the world. But what he tells us is that everything rotates around love. And the way we love with the word on our lips, with our deeds, with our feelings, is all fueled by God. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Which is why this Sunday of all saints is after Pentecost to remind us this. But he also tells us about suffering. He tells us that love brings suffering. St. Porfirio says, I quote, And when we say love, we don't mean the virtues that we will acquire, but the heart that is pervaded by love towards Christ and others. We need to turn everything in this direction of loving God. Did you hear that? I'd like you to, to put this to, to understanding. You need to turn everything in your life towards, towards loving God. Do we see a mother with her child in her arms and bending to give the child a kiss? Her heart overflowing with emotion? Many of you bore children here. And fathers, you saw the mothers taking care of children. Do we notice how her face lights up as she holds her little angel? These things do not escape a person with love of God. He sees them and is impressed by them. And he says, he says, If only I had these emotions towards my God. Towards my holy lady and our saints. Look, that's how we must love Christ our God. You desire it. You want it. And with the grace of God, you acquire that. The love, us loving God as the mother loves the, loves the child. And the saint in the book here gives directions on how to grow in this love. Love that brings holiness. And that I remember now three things that stuck with me. The first one was the way we deal, sorry, to see how well we do, how strong we are with our love. Look at how we deal with suffering, with the pain, including the suffering of being away. Do we take this with peace? Do we take this with gratitude? Do we take this with love for God and for the one who might cause us the suffering? Number two, look how we love in terms of how we give. But look now towards those we, whom we love. How do we give? And the other way around, what do we give and to whom is he, the first one on the list whom we love? Are we giving the most to Him? Remember, this is tied to holiness and being there, being united, being one. And finally, this was here right on the previous page. Worship. Worship must spring from the whole soul and whole heart. What does it mean? Your only thought must be God. When we worship, when we pray, 
But the thought of God is different than any other thought. It's holy. So here's the challenge, brothers and sisters. The promise was given. Many are called, but only some are received. And many that are first will be last. And the last are first. We come today to the church, to the house of God, under the blue sky. Thank God we have this beautiful day. With the very purpose of being united in Christ. It is the way we acknowledge Him. It is the way we love Him. And it is the way we follow Him that make us different. His mercy and the Holy Spirit might give us a chance to be counted with the righteous, but we come with great hope, great joy and great faith that His mercy has been upon us and will continue to be with us to save us, to be holy, to be sanctified, to be with His holy saints. Amen.